In this series, we're going to learn all about the different master's degrees that you can take as an architect. We'll be joined by guests who have completed their master's degrees, and we'll get to ask them all about it. In this episode, we are joined by Fatma Suwedi. Fatma is an enthusiast of history, art, and architecture. She works as a project manager of heritage and arts projects in the UAE Ministry of Culture and Youth and she is a member of the Modern Heritage Technical Committee in the Ministry. She has her Bachelor's in Architectural Engineering from the University of Sharjah and her Master's degree in Conservation Management of Cultural Heritage from the same university. So welcome, Fatma. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mita. It's a pleasure being here with you today. I'm beyond excited to finally interview you. I've heard a lot about you. Um, and I want to start by asking you, why did you uh, pick this particular master's degree? Like what initially sparked your interest in it? Uh, honestly, it, uh, it all started in my last year of university while doing my bachelor's in architecture engineering. And the first thing that happened during that uh, that semester is that I was asked to, um, along with another uh, colleague of mine, a student in the same uh, college, to go to Bahrain with the Ministry of Culture, wow. <laughs> um, the paper I work on, uh, I work in today, mm -hmm. and um, it was actually for an, uh, a project that Bahrain is working on, which is the preservation of several houses in Al Muharraq, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it was these. Um, I believe there are two or three projects that are supported uh, by the UAE, and we went. Um, like during the conservation period um, for for the and the, some opening nights and to meet also the people who live there and uh, know more about the project. Um, so it was only a two-day um, trip, but it really inspired me to then choose my senior project to be about preservation and conservation and to look into heritage because... That's something that I felt during my studies in architecture engineering, we did not look into heritage and how can we design um, something that is already existing. So I chose my senior project based on that. We chose a site that is already built. There are still houses in that area, very old houses, abandoned. Um, and we created basically a project on how can we um, create uh, like an eco-culture tourism project around that area. So, and then um, I did not think, honestly, at that time to continue my master's in that topic, to be honest with you, because um, I, I was only thinking of continuing my master's. That's That's about it. And I had really supportive uh, parents like my father was actually the one who uh, encouraged me to continue my master's right after I finished my bachelor's Amazing. and um, like out of nowhere I heard about this new program it was it was a new program that I didn't know existed during the the bachelor's but like right right after I graduated um Actually, not right after I graduated. It was the day of the jury, uh, the day before the jury for the senior exhibition. One of uh, one of the um, students who only graduated last the year before, 
um, passed by M8 <laughs> in the university and she saw us like pinning our posters and, and I was surprised. I'm like, why are you here? And she said, oh, I'm applying for the new master's degree in conservation management. You should do it as well. I'm like, I'm pinning my senior project <laughs> right now. I don't have time to think about that. But then, but then it was like a few weeks later, it was still Ramadan, like my first um, like the jury, the, the the day of the jury was like the first day of Ramadan. And then two weeks later, I came back to the new university to ask about this program. I was just interested to know more about it because I was thinking of doing my master's, but I did not think of what profession I want to go in or what topic. But this has always been an interest of mine um, in the past year or so. Um, so I went there and they're like, we already closed the was the no. submission period but if you would like you can send us your documents in the next two hours you only have two hours to do that what <laughs> and it was Ramban and it was, I think it's in the middle of May or June yeah and it was like 12 p.m and they told me you have until 1 30 to do that and it was crazy like I ran to um, M8 like I opened the computer I'm trying to find my my official documents in the email and try to send it to them and it, it was all by coincidence but i think if it's meant to be it will it will just wow. do you find it that like do you regret continuing your master's degree directly after university or do you find that it was a good decision no actually not at all and i really encourage everyone to do that mm -hmm. um although not everyone says the same but for a person like me or for someone who studied architecture engineering, you can understand the hustle that we go through during these five years. And we're the kind of people who can't really sit around and do nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, um, I think keeping the momentum of like you have, you still have your fresh brain, you still have ideas that you want to explore and you are always looking for a challenge Mm -hmm. um for for the next challenge to to uh, i guess experience and for me i think the summer the summer break was enough like it was <laughs> enough three months and i mean in in the current world i can't talk about everyone of course but like in the current world and my situation and the people around me um it's not very quick to find a job later on. So why not dive into master's um, straight after? Yeah. Of course, if you're really sure about it, like that's, I think that's another thing that I wanted to mention is that if you're, if you don't feel that you are 100% in mm -hmm. for the master's, like not even 90%, if you're not sure 100%, you shouldn't do your master's mm -hmm. because during your master's like master's is not uh, something very um easy to go through because it's um it's your own decision right it's not like something that um you have to do like it's it's very optional do, doing a master's doing a phd so it's it's a challenge of self-discipline mm -hmm. and no one is going to chase you during your master's except 
like you have to do it yourself um and if you don't push yourself no one is going to ask about you because no one really cares you know it's your choice mm -hmm. so there's a lot of people from my batch uh, that still has not graduated like there's a lot of people from my batch who didn't even start with their thesis and the, because there's no one is no one pushing them that that's the whole point of, of masters i i actually got my job while i'm doing my masters while i'm writing the thesis oh. and it was not very easy like we work eight hours per day and you don't have the energy to to work your brain more into research and that's a lot of work to do um, and you have to be as i said you have to be 100 in because then you will be able to know how to manage your time because it's all about time management. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to manage your time, uh, you you will not be able to make it. So how long did it take you to finish your master's degree? The program is for two years. Mm -hmm. So one year is just taking courses. I believe there are about eight or ten. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are eight. And then the next year you do your thesis. But the university you actually have up to if i'm not mistaken um three extra years mm -hmm. to finish the thesis mm -hmm. but for me i wanted to, i wanted to finish in one year but i took a year and a half so total of two and a half years um mm -hmm. i finished my masters so uh, tell me about the program so about eight programs i saw uh, the study plan just briefly uh, and I can see there are like five core courses, scientific research methods, theories, contemporary approaches, risk disaster management, and so on. I want to know which courses did you find most beneficial or you, you appreciated most when it came to your thesis later on? Um, okay, so just let me give you an overview. The first thing that everyone needs to know about this degree is that it's in Arabic. It's mm -hmm. not in English, and actually, that's one of the like the 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 reasons why why I wanted to do this is because I felt like my Arabic language is is just fading away, mm -hmm. and I wanted to go back to my roots, I guess, and study in in Arabic. So it was a challenge, but it was a very interesting approach because. The program is introduced by Ikram Athar, which is like an, an organization under UNESCO, and they have their regional headquarters in, in Sharjah. And they really focus on the heritage of the Arab world. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why they did the program in Arabic. And it's actually, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's the only um, program in Arabic in the whole region. Uh, there are other programs of masters in conservation management, but they are in English. Um, mm. even regionally, they're, they're in the English language. So all of these courses um, are in Arabic. Um, mm. And as you said, there are a variety of, uh, of um, subjects, uh, whether they're risk management or world heritage. Um, and what you, what you do is the first semester you take, everyone takes the same courses. They are the general course, courses of uh, research methods and at the same time, um, subjects related to heritage in general. Mm -hmm. And then you have to specify, like, doesn't it like mm -hmm. you have to choose a path. Either you go to museum studies or museum management, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. or site management. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe 
you asked earlier about if there's something I regret, I might regret not going to the museum path. Um, a lot of people around me, especially the supervisor back then, really encouraged me to to take this path because he can see how the the country, at least in the UAE, is opening more museums, like now the Zayed National Museum, four or five museums in Abu Dhabi, and how we need like a very local national um, people um, going into this uh, like this uh, this field. But I was very stubborn. I wanted to do site management. I was thinking I'm an architect. I love to be out there. I don't want to be like in one, like for me, a museum is just like one building and it's working with things that are inside this building. And and I'm an architect. I, I want to yeah. be out there. I want to see the different sites. So um, I took these sites, um, site, I think it's uh, buildings and site management um, and then the next semester you basically get separated so you take different courses than the ones who are taking in museum studies because they're two different disciplines mm -hmm. okay and I actually have a lot of favorite pro uh, subjects um, or courses but um, when I did my thesis I did it on modern heritage and I learned about this the uh, term uh, modern heritage, not through one course. It was actually through some of the subjects within these courses. And what's nice about this whole program is that there is no one professor that teaches one course. They mm -hmm. always get two or three different professors from all around the Arab world to teach you um, in these in these uh, different um subjects like there's one professor who will come just for one day to teach you about one subject and wow. here there are some professors who talk about modern heritage and it was not a subject that is usually talked about in, in by all of them and that's what interested me is that why is not everyone talking about it why is there no not many research on it and I think I want to mention some of the names of the professors because they were really inspiring and they're really, really good, I think, human beings mm -hmm. um, in that field. And uh, one of them is Dr. Rami Zahar, mm -hmm. who teaches in, in Jordan, um, I think German University. Um, he's a great researcher and a professor, and he's also an architect. Uh, there's Dr. Ala Al-Habashi, um, who's Egyptian and he wor he works in Cairo and he uh, visited us several times. Um, I mean, that's what's, what was nice. It was also before COVID, so it, everything was in person and it was great to engage with, with everyone. Um, that's good. Then there's Lama Said, who is also coordinator at Ikram back then, but she was also, um, she, she, um, taught us several uh, several courses, and some of them are about modern heritage, and that's how I I, I decided to do my thesis on that topic in specific. So this term is a little new to me. Like I've heard it before, but I need you to elaborate on what it means. Modern heritage. Modern heritage. Uh, modern heritage. It was actually defined by UNESCO in 2003 
So that was 20 years ago, but it is new. <laughs> and um, it basically means like in, in very short sentence, it's the architecture or the sites of the 19th and the 20th century. So mm -hmm. it's the modern architecture, I guess. What we call it in architecture is modern architecture. Mm -hmm. But anything that was built in the 20th century, so in the 1920s or 1980s, and it was built with new materials, new technologies. Um, so it was actually a time when um, a lot of new material technology, building technology, um, and building techniques were introduced uh, when they started using concrete and glass and, and steel. And um, it, it, it was really, um, I guess, um, famous around <clears throat> in, the, in the USA and in, in Europe um, after the World War II, where they started rebuilding sometimes um, whole cities. Um, so they started building with uh, new material, as, 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 as I said, and the new construction methods. But then um, nowadays, like in the 21st century, you can see that these, this type of architecture is 100 years old. And in many laws around the world, if it's um, if something is older than not even 100, some in, in some countries it's older than 50 years old, we call it heritage. Mm -hmm. So now, um, now like in the 21st century, this is becoming history. This is becoming heritage. So that's how they defined it as modern heritage. And for me personally, I think it's a term that gives it the value mm -hmm. and pushes, um, I think, not just... Um, not just the government, but also individuals to start appreciating this type of um, architecture um, and start preserving it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, so um, what was the your thesis about? So you took this modern heritage and tell me how did you um, how did you decide to contribute with your thesis to this to this field? So uh, when when you when you um, learn about heritage, heritage has a lot of different state. Uh, I mean, uh, heritage preservation. There's a lot of different stages about uh, in preservation. So um, and they are either recognition of heritage, appreciation of heritage, conservation, restoration. Um, documentation. Um, there's a lot of areas. And finally, presentation. How do you present this? And um, for me, modern heritage, I really connect with the city that I was, uh, that I live in, which is Dubai. And I have very personal, like personal connection with this city um, because I remember it from when I was young until I grew up, and I can see how the change is very fast in the city, how things are easily removed and demolished, and then new structures uh, replace them. 
And that's like one aspect why I chose to do it on Dubai in specific. And I was thinking back then, like if I did not do it, if I did not tell the story of of my own city, who would like if who would say it like in the right way? I'm not saying that um, I achieved that in, in in specific. I know I have a very long time in um, in research for the rest of my life to actually try and achieve that, but. That was like one aspect, one thing. Uh, the other thing was modern heritage in specific is, as I said, I felt like it was not talked about very much. And there are a lot of reasons, like it's something that is very challenging all around the world because we're talking about the preservation of concrete and concrete is a very new material. And it's not like you're conserving a stone or other materials that have been here for thousands of years. Like concrete can, like we don't know the, the age of concrete, can it survive more than 100 years? So there's a lot of challenges um, in, in that field. And for me, I wanted a challenge. Like I wanted to learn more and contribute to the field. And, and that's something that I still have up until today. I don't think that the master's degree was enough for that. Mm -hmm. It's something that I want to continue and research on. That's also what I do in my job. Um, so I chose Dubai and I chose modern heritage. And then when I started, I realized that the first, like when I told you the different fields of, mod of um, heritage preservation, the first one did not exist, which is like the basic one, which is documentation, mm -hmm. documentation, information, collecting research, because that's what you do in, the, in your research. The first mm -hmm. thing that you have to do is literature review. You have to go everywhere and see what exists, what does not exist, what do you have to do? And you have to find a gap and research to tackle through your own research. And there were a lot of gaps when we talk about modern heritage in Dubai. Like there is no research done on it. Only few, there are very few uh, research and very recent research. Like there's a lot of books published like in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and there is also no documentation. So I had to go around, try to collect information, try to take pictures, try to collect like names of buildings uh, that no one um, thought about before or like searched about before. And I have, I had to dig very deep. And that was, that was like the, the, the first aspects of my research is identifying. And I named it um, identifying um, to basically, uh, you know, explore or map what what am I gonna talk about? What am I gonna research about? Um, and then the second aspect is looking into the value of it because if you want to preserve heritage, you need to um, define what's its value. Like, why do I need to preserve this? Is it precious? Is it important? Why is it important? You have to define why why is it important and why do we have to to um, preserve it in, in general. And that's what I did as well for for the building that I have selected. Mm -hmm. Documentation for Dubai in any field, I think is, you've already contributed a lot, mashallah, like you doing that and you mapping, mapping it out. Uh, this will, you know, stay uh, for, for future researchers and the architects to look back on. 
Uh, and it leads me to the question of whether you published your research or not, and where did you publish it so so others can access this information? Uh, yes, I actually like w- one of the um, one of the things that you have to do uh, when you're a master's student in the University of Sharjah is that you have to publish at least um, one research paper to be able to to graduate. So I did publish one. Mm-hmm. Um, on the first section of my um, of my thesis, like I presented in a conference, and then it was a conference paper, and then it was published later. It's on IOP conference series. Mm-hmm. The name of the the paper is investigating the values of modern architecture heritage in Dubai. Okay, that's amazing. So you did end up publishing uh, part of your part of your thesis. So was it hard? Uh, getting it published did you did you get any help with that from the university um definitely actually the best part about masters is i mean the most important part is to have the right supervisors uh, those who are interested and, to, and those who have experience and knowledge in the field and my supervisors actually provided tremendous um support to me and uh, specifically to the paper that I published because it was my first time publishing and I did not know the process and how to do it. Like it's you have to choose the right journal, you have to choose the right conference. And it's either by the way, like in publishing you can either publish in a conference paper or a journal paper. And a journal paper usually takes a lot of time and needs like you need to it's it's a full time job to publish in a journal. But I chose the conference paper because it was just a bit easier and quicker. Um, and there was a lot, a lot of back and forth with reviewing information, ensuring that the images that you're publishing, like you have the consent of, um, like you have the approval of the people who, who took these pictures or own these pictures. Um, and have to ensure, of course, your re- your resources and, and all of that. So it is something that you have to put a lot of honesty and um, time into. Um, but as I said, you know, I, I, I think me and like many, many, many others in the field, we like a challenge and we always ensure that whatever we do is 100% um, presentable, honest, uh, clear, um, so that's that's uh, what I did. That's amazing, mashallah. Um, so I'm just for me also to know uh, how long was it since you uh, submitted your paper until you went with the back and forth and changing and fixing? Was that a long process? The first thing that you have to do is I remember you have to submit an abstract okay. of the of the research paper that you want to do. Um, and then they either accept it or reject it or like give you some um, like some feedback and comments on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once accepted, they di- they do give you a time frame to submit the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not I'm not sure if, it, if that applies if like the time frame, I'm sure it's different for for, for you know, from, a conference paper to to a journal paper, the time frame should be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, I believe, in the course of uh, 
I don't want to say a few months because I don't really remember, but they do give you enough time to submit because then there's like the peer review process. So they will send it back and they will ask you to re-edit it and then send it again. And they give you like the whole layout, like what is the the size of the text, the font of the text, how, how do you present the tables? So everything is there. It's not something that you have to do from scratch. You just, um, I guess, just plug in your your uh, research and information and then submit it to them. And then what's done later is that uh, they do the conference. And for me, the conference was in Prague, but it was during COVID-19. So they gave us the option to present online. And it was also pre-recorded. So I pre-recorded the presentation. They viewed it there. Um, and then after a few months, they published it. So the publishing actually took, like, they published it on the same day that I presented my thesis, mm-hmm. like on the same jury day. And that was fine because once you get the acceptance, you're good to go with your master's. Like in university, you just have to present to them that they accepted your paper and that's it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like, officially published um, because that that accepts acceptance ensures that it will be published and that's that's enough mm-hmm. so the publishing might take some time for me it took until um, if I'm not mistaken like five months or or four months after I submitted it okay that's amazing so tell me about the work that you have done outside of your master's degree, whether you've done internships, freelance work, or the job opportunities you got. Just walk me through them from the beginning. Uh, from the beginning is, as I said, like I could not uh, stay at home during the summer break. So after the first month, I went to the university. We have like an engineering section in that works in the university and I asked if I can do an internship and they were very shocked like why do you want to do that (laughs) and I said that I want to do it for the experience and I wanted to keep my 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 hands I guess busy with with design and creativity so I did an internship in the university for um, I believe two months Mm -hmm. and then um I thought that was that was enough because I started I started the masters and then even during my masters because I was not working so I went into freelancing um architectural design 3D modeling and I found a, a website called Fiverr it was actually a very very good website for freelancing um and I learned a lot from it and how to deal with clients how to draft a contract um what are the projects out there in general like what's nice about that is that you work with people from all around the world um and you see what are the services that they need and most of the time it's like they they have um like houses that they want to change its design so you have you have actually like the, the the design of the actual house and he asks you to change a few things and it's very nice to work with something that is existing and I, I feel I again I feel like this is not something that we did during our bachelors like we would always 
uh, we are always taught on how to design from scratch. Like you have an empty land and start designing a building. And for me, I wanted to understand if that's something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Is it always this case? And it turns out that it's not like now after um, I graduated in 2019. So I guess four years later, and I'm still learning, of course, but four years later, I realized that you will not always have an empty plot and you're asked to design something from scratch. Um, you will have projects that are already designed that you will have to review um, or you will have, so then you will have to do the job of the professor back in university um, or you will have something that is ready and you're asked to redesign it and how can you work around the challenges of an existing building or an existing structure. Um, so I did freelancing for a while and then I also did freelancing within the people around me like uh, I did not like create a whole profile or an Instagram or, or so on I did it just like with whenever I meet people I'm like if you want me to design something I can do that and I drafted the contract um, by myself like the internet is a very great tool <laughs> that can help you with that and I did like a two-page contract saying that uh, you know the basic I guess the basic points that you have um, to take into consideration when you when you do um, freelancing um, and I also checked like the regulations around that in Dubai and it turns out if you're an architect you don't really need a freelance license um, mm -hmm. I mean I don't know how that changed now mm -hmm. but um, if you're a freelancer you can you can do that but you need to ensure that there is like an agreement between you and the client mm -hmm. so I did that with um, with a few friends of mine who wanted me to design their houses or a cafe project or um, um, or like small section in their houses. Um, so I did that for a while. And then um, I got my job. Now, it's um, it was not the first job that I got. I got. It was... Um, I was approached like by another, I'm not going to say the name, but like another institution to work with them on like um, a, a part-time job um, in the field of, um, it was not storytelling, it was more of interpretation of heritage. And that's also another part of heritage. How do we interpret? How do we uh, talk about that this place and this is like it's a whole field and it's very interesting discipline in my opinion um, because if you have like a very old building that's just sitting there um, how are you gonna what, like wh what are you saying for the audience for the people who visit it um, so that's that's uh, that was something I was interested in, and I wanted to do that. But it was only a part time job for for two months. Um, I, I I'm the one who approached the ministry because I liked the projects that they worked on. I mean, they were the people who took me to Bahrain and started all of this, um, and I approached them because I wanted to learn more about what they do. So that can help me in my master's thesis because part of my, as I said in the beginning, you have to collect all the information that you can get. And one of the people that I wanted to collect information from are the ministry. So I went there 
and I told them about my research and I told them that I want to know what you guys are doing, um, what are the projects that you guys are working on, what are the things that maybe you are you are working on projects that I can, you know, it, it's always good to link your thesis with what's already happening. And I knew that they have a whole project on architecture and the preservation of modern heritage. And they created also the technical committee in 2020, the Modern Heritage Technical Committee in January 2020, it was established. And I really want to be involved in that, um, in, in, like, in the field of research. Like I was not thinking about a job. Like I did not ask them if they have a job because I was thinking um, to do my master's and graduate. And after graduation, I will go and search for the right job for me. Um, but it was the other way around. Like instead of me interviewing them, they were interviewing me. And they asked me if I would like to join the ministry. They had they were looking for researchers in that field. And they do have some projects that they want someone like me to work on. And so on, and then and then from there, I guess I I got the job in, and I started in July twenty twenty, um, and but actually after before starting this job, I did, um, I wouldn't say an internship, more like volunteering research work, with with the team in the ministry. So I did this for four months. Um, I did research on different projects that they're working on for whole four months and then I started uh, working full time with them. So they saw your potential during those four months and I guess I guess yeah. so yeah. The most important thing to me from all of this is that you are linking your master's degree to who you are, to hmm. to your country, to to your role as Fatma Suedi. It's very specific yeah. to you. I love that. It's it, yeah, I think for me, like what I think everyone, um, not everyone should do. I mean, it all it's all up to 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 yourself and in your lifestyle and so on. But you have to always try and challenge yourself, like go out of the norm and try try it out, whatever it is, whether it's skydiving or going into a competition or taking on a job you you put yourself in these situations and doing masters is one of them like you put yourself in a masters like taking on a masters because that's how you will know what you're capable of like you can't know if you're capable of something unless you start doing it and you never know what you where you what you'll be good at and i think also, we didn't talk a lot about my job and what I'm currently doing, but there's a lot of experiences that I put myself into in my job, and that's how I see, am I good at this or not? So sometimes you will fail, mm -hmm. and failing is even better than su succeeding because when you fail, you learn a lot, um, and from this learning, you know, how you know to 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 move forward and it's always nice to try everything to do anything and everything and go out of your way and 
and always connected with yourself. As you said, it is very connected to me because if it not if it if it was not something that is um, that's not something I'm interested in, I know that I'm not gonna give my one hundred percent. And like I always try to make sense of what I'm doing. I hate doing something that is not giving me pleasure or I'm not enjoying it or it has to be something that I love because part, I guess part of my personality as well is giving your 100% and something. Thank you for sharing all of this with us, all of your experiences. And I feel like we still have a lot to learn from you and to, to ask you about and um, I would love to invite you, even in the future, to talk about the projects that you've uh, that you've worked on and the experiences that you've had later on. Because I am sure that you are still going to, you know, surprise all of us even further and accomplish so much more in the future, and uh, really have your own uh, your own contribution to the field of architecture in Dubai. Meta, thank you so much. And I really, really hope that um, what I'm doing inspires the few, the new generations. And, um, you know, I hope that everyone can do what they love and contribute to the field in their own, in their own way.